Welcome everyone to Smart to Death, this is a Cinco de Mayo edition. I am Tom. I am joined by the Tanner this evening. Tanner, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm doing well, Tom. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. What what did your Cinco de Mayo bring to you this evening? Uh, AEW. It, it brought me lots of blood and guts. It brought you blood and guts. And I guess the biggest topic of today's show is going to be the AEW Blood and Guts show, which is just, just ended. We'll hit you with bumper. We'll talk about it in a second. So who is you expecting to choose for wrestling news? Rumors and predictions, collecting the views. We paid our dues and we got nothing to lose. Coming straight from the heart to two respectable dudes. Don't be confused. We're talking pay-per-views and upcoming cards. We're number one in your ears and number one in your hearts. There's a new show every week. It ain't that hard to check. I would like to welcome you to Smart to Death. Smart Tanner, to Death. AEW Cinco de Mayo Blood and Guts edition of the show. Mm. Uh, for those of you that are watching at home, the first hour was actually taped and aired to the live audience there, at which point they took that live audience reaction, because why wouldn't you? Um, Tony Khan was very upfront about this as the show started with the live fans in the building, so it didn't come to a shot as a shock to them. Um Tanner, I, I want to go right to the main event. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the show. I want to talk right now. Blood and guts. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we yeah. we have the pinnacle versus the inner circle in a match that was determined last week. Who would enter first? Who would have the advantage? We knew Sammy Guevara was going in first. We knew that MGF's pinnacle team was going to have the advantage. We knew there were going to be blood. We knew there'd be some great spots. Uh, personally, I thought the match to me was very much like a roller coaster of events where it had a lot of high points and there's a lot of dull moments. Not for the, not to critique AEW as much of the placements of the damn commercials as I had five here. And it's the same struggle I'll have with watching a live match on WWE that's long. Those commercial breaks really hampered the experience. And when you're watching a blood and guts match and there's so much storytelling in that ring, I don't even know how they got out of the cage because I was caught the whole commercial break. Tanner, production standpoint first. What'd you think? I thought that the I, I felt like there there it wasn't as much of a spectacle as what you would witness in, in most dynamites, which was really kind of odd. Like you would feel you I, I felt like they would have really gone all out for lack of a better term in, in, in boosting up the production value. Now the cage looked impressive. The rings looked impressive. The lighting was even pretty impressive. Uh, but I felt as though there, there were some things lacking here that you would have otherwise found in a typical dynamite show. You know what this match needed? Ultimately, in my opinion, you needed the big ramp. You needed the arena, big wide shot. I felt that that hurt this match a ton because I and I don't want to age myself, but back in time when we had the first war game style matches, you did have that big zoom out. You were able to take in the action. But also mm -hmm. when you needed when you needed to zoom out so it wasn't close, if somebody was doing X, Y, and Z, you may not want to pick up on. The camera didn't pick up on it. Uh, for mm -hmm. those of you watching, we'll drop the ending of this match right around the four minute and thirty second mark, and you can gain your your, your own impression of what you thought of it. Um Tanner, look again, lots of blood, 
Lots of mm. violence in this matchup. Mm. The ending was somehow MJF and Jericho get on top of the cage. They're battling. MJF threatens to toss Jericho off the top of the cage. Why mm. there was a wrestling mat on the top of the cage, I am so confused. Like, they were standing on this gymnastic-style mat that was the same thickness of a wrestling mat, almost like a platform. And I just, mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, I couldn't understand it. I understand it, and I understood why you designed the cage the way you did with the outside elements. Number one, it was probably cheaper. Number two, it gave them more stability on the outside. Then Sammy Guevara is pleading, don't toss him off, don't toss him off. Sammy Guevara then surrenders the match, letting the pinnacle win as MJF threatened to toss Jericho off the top of the cage. Sammy surrendered prior to that happening, but then obviously after that happened, we got this. I'm telling you. He's up on the Yeah. In case you missed it the first time, we'll drop it again in probably the next minute or so after Tanner and I hit on it. Tanner, what did you think of the spot at the end of the match? Um, I will make this as simple as possible. When you introduce a gimmick on the stage like that at the beginning of the show, you're giving away the fact that that's what's going to happen. I think for many people that watched the show and saw what was going on on the stage in perspective to the cage and the top portion of the cage, you're like, Oh, something's happening right about there. Uh, did you get that feeling at all watching it? Or did you just think it was a different setup because of the cage match? No, I mean, I, you definitely had the expectation that something or somebody was going to, to fall off of this cage eventually. Um, it just happened to be Chris Jericho tonight. Um, I, I mean... Of course they would, right? Like it's 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 a cage match. It's a high profile match. You've got MJF sure, sure. and Pinnacle trying to build up the heat, um, and and really get themselves over in a big way. Um, I'll I'll rant about that here momentarily, but um, yeah, you, I think that was always the expectation that somebody was going to go flying tonight, and it just happened to be Chris Jericho. Uh, Look, what I hate what I hate about that though, and let's go further in the match in a second, but let's move backwards. You have a cage yeah. match gimmick to keep people in the cage. Much yeah. of the criticism from WWE over the last 15 years or so, as far as cage matches, maybe even 20 years, is you're ruining the gimmick of the cage match to keep people in with the interference, with the ripping off of the helmet cell doors, with going the outside mm. of it, with even to the sheer fact of with the weapons and some of the war games matches at NXT, like you're kind of disposing the fact of this is supposed to be a cage match. We're going to fight mm-hmm. in the cage. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Number one, the first opportunity they got to go outside of a cage in a match, they went ahead and did. I didn't like it, but I didn't like it. Not because it didn't work. I didn't like it because to me, that's something you build towards later. You run this blood and guts gimmick three, four times before that ever happens because you have to build to something. Mm-hmm. I just feel looking at this was the first time you did it. You threw all your ponies out there. Good luck next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they tried something. I, I'm glad that they tried this because obviously they, they need... They, they tried to do this last year with the Inner Circle and the Elite. Did not happen because of the pandemic. Um, they've tried it again this year, and I thought it was 
it was a very good match as far as a wrestling match goes. Storyline was good. But yes, as you wisely pointed out, there's a lot of things here that don't make sense. And if you look at the original War Games rules, I mean, you can't exit the cage. Like that's like a that's like an instant like DQ. Right? Like, oh, I, I don't, yeah. One of the things that I did enjoy, I like the higher cage, so you can go off the top rope. It bothered me immensely watching those old WCW War Game style matches where if you're picking somebody up for a power bomb, a la Sid on Brian Pillman and his head hitting the top of the cage, it was so low. That yeah. part to me, from an element standpoint, is just evolution. That part yeah. is fine. But again, match one, blood and guts, we went outside of the cage. And as yeah. soon as we went outside of the cage, we got on top of the cage. And when we got on top of the cage, we knew this was going to happen. I'm telling you. It's, it's a oh, What are we seeing? That my 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 point exactly. What what is it that we're seeing here? Well, uh, uh, Let's get into it. Let's dig deep. Yeah. Let's go back to AEW had their exploding barbed wire ring death match, and the yeah. finish of that match obviously failed. One of the bigger differences to me in that match, however, that match was really really good in my opinion prior to the ending happening. So we can look past it, correct? Sure. This this match was built around the ending. Yeah. It was built around the finish of this particular show. And when we see clips of Jericho laughing inside of the you know the crash pad, or we see the oh, for lack of a better term, diamond plated decals and the black and the back of sixteenth inch plywood over the top of that pad. It just didn't look good. And I have two questions to that extent. Number one, hmm. I know in the past other companies I've seen it done before. What they would do is build out almost like that same box perspective, right? You have the outside box. You put the hmm. pad in the middle, almost like a bed frame, right? And you put wood over it. You're going to break through the portion of the wood to hit a crash pad. Essentially, you're going for a table and then to a crash pad, right? Even a little thinner. Um, they went way less than this. I think the idea was to do that. It just didn't work. Wood was too thin. Pad was too high. Again, in the middle of nowhere. So now on your two biggest gimmick matches you have done, the ending just kind of, oh, here's where we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I, Mike McGill. for Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, like Mike is saying here in the chat, he says uh, we could have had a hundred different endings. <laughs> he, he's exactly right. We could have had one hundred different endings than, than the one that well, we got here. To Mike's point, I'll say it again: this yeah. is match one of Blood and Guts. You went here on match one, so historically, and now moving forward, every time you do this match, you're essentially going to let down the fans. If you don't go outside the cage, you don't have this giant high spot. Let's look back mm -hmm. at those Hell in a Cells when Rikishi went off the Hell in a Cell in the hay barrel uh, truck. Yeah. Sure, it was hay bales, right? But it didn't look bad. It was hay bales in a truck, right? It, it worked. Let's not yeah. talk about what Mankind did because that was a, a suicide mission in Hell in a Cell. We don't need to go there, okay? Shane McMahon yeah. flies off the top of things all the time, and I wish him the best of luck in his future CTE careers. Uh, fact of the matter is, we have this. Did it yeah. ruin the finish of the match for you? 
Well, first, I want to go back to something that you had said previously, which is that this is the first Blood and Guts match. And not only is this the first Blood and Guts, Guts match, this is really kind of the first match that we're seeing between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. Period. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. My, my thinking is, why are we doing this now? Why, why, why is the Blood and Guts match the first match that these two factions are having against each other? This doesn't seem like something that you would kick a feud off with this is something that you would see as finality this is something where you see the the you know the inner circle going over if that's what you want to do right give the pinnacle a few wins a few a few really solid wins under their belt make them look really dominant and then sure. maybe put the baby face over you um, know, Jericho talked about this to, to, to cut in there for a second and he, yeah. he mentioned he said ideally this wouldn't be the beginning of the feud but yeah. we're working with what we have so we made it the beginning of the feud might my thought would be, okay, it's done and over with. We, we did it. Here it is. What were you building towards? If it was to yeah. get Chris more sympathy for the baby face turn, then I understand it. I still, I'm with you. I don't like this. Yeah. This is a blow off feud. Welcome and Rob to the chat. He's <laughs> almost here, Welcome and Rob to the chat times two. Hello. Got, gonna go ahead and throw Rob in here. Uh, <laughs> Rob. Hey guys, how's it going, Rob? Good. I just saw you were on, and I was finishing up, like doing my write up, and it's like I'm gonna go hang out with these <laughs> bushwhackers. The bushwhackers. <laughs> Rob, uh, we we're talking about the finish right now of Blood and Guts. Oh, uh, we got through the match, we got through the good, we got through the bad. Um, but we're now specifically talking about the finish. Um, yeah. And for those still listening, here it is again. I'm telling you. It's, it's a oh, 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 my God. My God, what are we seeing? So, so I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to give the floor to Rob here in just a second, but to kind of answer your, your previous question here, Tom, um, the, the finish in my personal opinion it, it definitely could have been better. They could have they could have had any number of other matches other than this one here um, to to do the first blood and guts one, uh, but they they went with this one. That's a bold move for sure. Um, it, if they really wanted to make MJF, <laughs> like I think they wanted to make MJF look really sinister by throwing Jericho off the cage, and we can talk about how the crash pad was not the best crash pad ever, but. Wouldn't it be more sinister if MJF just threw Jericho off the cage, causing the inner circle to, to, to lose this match, to lose a very uh, big first battle between these two factions? That to me makes um, that to me makes more sense. Yeah, I I agree with that. I uh, that was my problem. Like going, like watching the the ending of the match. I there was a couple of things. The biggest thing that I saw that. Um, I thought they messed up on is I don't know if you saw Jericho talking to MJF like right before he like it was like almost right after he gave up they were still talking I don't know if you caught that at all it was for about three or four seconds and he was yep. just I was like okay well that's that's not good um, no. and then uh, if I if I was AEW the only thing I would have said is if they were using those like for the for the like crash pad or whatever it was, you know, to break his fall, I wouldn't have had that camera that close. Like that, I would have had it. I would have had it at a far distance. I was because you could just hear the cardboard. Like when he goes through, I'm like, 
are you guys kidding me? Like, who came up with that idea? And, you could um, see the cardboard. Yeah. You could see the cardboard. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was the thing. And then I, I, uh, it was still a good match. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I just think they, uh, the problem is, is with, I think a lot of us wrestling fans is we hype stuff up too much. Um, and tonight I went into it, um, with expectation that it's going to be good. And that's what I got. I didn't want to overdo it because I noticed like I have a tendency, there's a tendency to be let down when that happens. So I just wanted to go into it with the good show. I actually really enjoyed the show in overall. And uh, what was really cool is uh, Julia Hart, who debuted tonight. I had no idea. I, I know her. Uh, she's actually from Minnesota. Um, and she's, she trained under Eric Cannon and uh, Ken Anderson. So I had no idea that was happening. So that was a great surprise for me. Um, so I think, I think that already made the show good for me. Cause I, I, had no idea she was even that close to being in AEW. Um, so that was, that was really awesome seeing that. So that made my night. So it didn't really, is that me or the feedback? I think, I think uh, Tom's, Tom's messing with his headphones. It, it's okay. Like, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was just going to say that was awesome, but the overall, it was a good show. I just don't, I, I, uh, I just hope it doesn't, turn people off from from the show if that makes any sense no right right um yeah it's 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 just kind of um it's it's a good match i would definitely recommend everybody watch it because it's it's aew's own spin on it which is nice but it's just um i was i was a tad bit disappointed rob i'll go back for a second right you were mentioning the angles and the shooting um, yeah. And prior to you coming on, I had mentioned one of my biggest things was they didn't have the right camera setups for this. You didn't have the wide angles when you needed to. You didn't have yep. the multi-screens when you needed to. Your zoom in was way unnecessary on certain shots when you probably shouldn't have been there. And you've probably seen some of the same clips I have yeah. circulating online. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, that I, you <laughs> have to be better when you're filming like that. Yeah, I saw I saw somebody like my. Like when I'm writing the show, I ha I still have my Twitter feed going off beside me because sometimes I don't catch like what the move was. Like I mean, there I know eighty percent of wrestling moves, but sometimes I'm like, what in the hell was that? <laughs> you know, and and uh, and so I usually have my Twitter feed going because that way I can see like somebody types it out and says what it is. And um, I was looking at that and. And I stopped for a split second because I, I I actually cackled because somebody somebody made a comment like they go who the f hired the Raw director tonight <laughs> 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 like the Monday Night Raw director and that was like a good point because I was starting to notice I'm like wow they were doing way too many camera cuts again like or not again but they were it was something that was very noticeable to me and uh, that was. I think one of the drawbacks, which is surprising because this, this production team is really good. They're, they're from the nitro days, most of them. So yeah. I was surprised by that. Is that no. me with the feedback or is that? Some... No, Tom, okay. Tom had, Tom had to go away for just a second. So I, okay. I will temporarily uh, uh, fill in here for where, where he, I guess he left okay. off. I uh, didn't know if that was me or not. Cause I'm like, 
Mm. No, no, I, th- I think it's definitely him. You can you can hear me okay, right? Yeah, I can hear you fine. I just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Oh well, look, there's Tom. He's he's back. Oh, he's back. Oh, he's on mute now. You're on yeah. mute. <laughs> How you doing? I had we're problems. live. We're live, pal. I had problems. Yeah, <laughs> we're live. <laughs> I was watching the uh, the Miz uh, or the twenty four of the Miz, and where he forgot the the uh, diva search like number and he was like he told vince mcmahon he goes it'll never happen again and vince is like i know it won't and i was like <laughs> i'm like here we go <laughs> uh, it won't happen again so, so rob talk to me about uh what what led up to the main event here tonight uh kenny omega came out and spoke with tony shivani uh where shivani was going to announce who would be, I guess, the next challenger for Omega. And what we really got here was a, a match announcement, yeah. which was uh, Pac uh, will yeah. be facing Orange Cassidy. Yeah, which <laughs> I ne- next week on Dynamite. Yeah, know, that spot. Which my thing was is they, and I'm, you know, the thing is, is if I'm going to rip WWE so much, I'm going to rip AEW when they deserve it. Yeah. The production meet like who like production <laughs> screwed thought up that a was lot. a good idea. Yeah. You were in the first yeah. fucking segment. Yeah. Like it, I was just like, what like what are they doing here? I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And uh yeah. the Britt Baker was the same way, Rob. Yeah. Like, let's announce this match and have her come out after. It's like, why didn't you do this while she was there for the impactful yeah. purpose? And it goes back to the fact of they had to tape this show. And then show yeah. it to the fans in the arena, as opposed to having it live, live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I didn't get it, and the only thing I could think of is when I heard that they did. I thought it would be backwards. I thought they would have filmed the the blood and guts match for like film that instead of having the crowd because that way you could time your other matches around. You could cut one out million percent. Yeah, nothing so. would have got out. You would have been fine. Yep. And they and that they would have been able to fix it for the most part. I mean, by all means, I've seen them not fix like some of the stuff they've done for AEW Dark. Like, it's like how did yeah. that get by? Like, yeah, it is what it is. But it's but talk, talk, talk to me about the potential for for this this match though. Here, oh, I mean, it's, well, the one thing I'll say is I think they when they announced it was Pac uh, versus Orange Cassidy, I'm like. I honestly thought it was going to be like Pac. I'm like, they're going to give us like that. Cause they, I go, I can't really tell if they're doing a, uh, uh, if they're doing, if they're doing like a face turn, like it seems like every other week, like if anybody in W in, in AEW is the big show of it's, it's starting to be packed. Cause I can't tell every week he's either a face or he's a heel. He's a face or he's a heel. I can't tell. Um, so I was thinking, I'm like, well, they're going to have, they're going to have Pac win this. I'm like, because I, I think. And then Orange Cassidy was out there for long, and I'm like, Jesus, guys, you already told me who's going to win the match next week by having him out there that long. And <laughs> but yeah. what, yeah. Was that as bad as them telling you last week that the number one contenders were SCU, but this week they'll yeah. compete in a match for the new number one contenders? Yeah, that's the same thing. Like, like they, I don't know. It was, but, uh, and that's, I like my thing is it just goes back like it just needs to be uh like 
that was the thing. Just if 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 everybody wants or like, I just want my wrestling to make sense. I'm like, yeah, you know, well, it, it doesn't make sense Mondays. There's sometimes it doesn't make sense on Wednesdays, but at least they're making it exciting, you know. Right, right. So, well, and, and and Mike Mike McHale points this out here in the chat. Thank you, Mike. Uh, wasn't Cage number one contender last week? I I, I thought he um, was. I may have been. Now I have to look. I don't know if he was. I thought they just said it was a big upset, but I I don't know if he was number one. I, I, I thought he was up there or within yeah. around that range. Yeah, I, I, I don't have, remember, but yeah, that's weird. But yeah. now I like I <laughs> thought he was up there too. The way they made it sound, and and my thing is. is why that I'm like, are they saving page for if yeah, they're saving I, page for double like all out or all well, yeah, all out then so all, like, I don't yeah, yeah, I'll touch base on that. So for a minute, there were some people that thought they were going page omega this paper year. I thought there was no way. Page didn't have enough W's, he's not credible enough. When Page takes that title from Omega. It needs to be this very historical moment for their company where this baby face is triumphant over the yep. shit heel. And I don't see this happening until late fall, maybe early next year. You've got a lot of time to tell the story of Omega playing the heel role. He yep. still needs to beat Jericho because Jericho got over on him the first time. And there's still probably three or four other people he can face before he gets to that page feud. I think the issue is, and I'll go back to what Rob touched on, okay, what Tanner, you said, is we have Pac and Orange Cassidy out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just I mean, looking at the rankings. As, like, that's what I was checking on right now. April 28th, it was Hangman, followed by Orange Cassidy, followed by John Moxley, followed by uh, Pac, Pac, whatever. Um mm-hmm. See, so, I thought, to be honest with you, Rob, I thought yeah. they were going Eddie Kingston and Omega for this next pay-per-view. I really I did. did too. And honestly, yeah. now it definitely feels like they're going Moxley and, excuse me, Kingston versus the Good Brothers. Would you also see the same outlook? I do think that's going to happen. Um, like, I, I, you know, yeah, I think that's the way they're going because, but it's... It's just they didn't set that up well either. I mean, there's still what um, almost a month to go, but mm. it's like, yeah, I'm just whatever. I'm, I'm just okay. <laughs> you know, there's. I'm glad they're giving us Baker or Sheeta, but they should have done that a while ago. Um, sure, it's like somebody sure. said about. And you could have aired the segment in the second segment when Brick came out, but we'll talk about that yeah. in a second. Yeah. So now listen. When you're trying to put together thoughts of thinking about wrestling and putting all these dialogue together, call Drizzly. They are going to deliver premium adult beverages right to your home at a very minimal cost. This evening, Drizzly just dropped off some brand new White Claw Surge 8%. You can hit up Drizzly, and here's their drop. Do you need to restock your alcohol, but you just really don't want to get off the couch? Drizzly has you covered with beer, wine, and liquor delivered directly to your doorstep. Head over to drizzly.sjv.io slash STI, where you can shop a massive selection of beer, wine, and liquor. You can compare prices in your local area, and you can choose immediate delivery, which will have the alcohol delivered to your doorstep in just 60 minutes. Drizzly serving 180 markets, and they're just getting started.
Indeed. You heard that right. You want to get a nice last call and you hit up Drizzly and they will deliver to your doorstep. I'm telling you, they will drop off faster than Jericho off a cake. Rob Tanner, <laughs> I think we've cleared out the AEW Dynamite aspect of this program. Um, I would like to talk a few things from NXT because I thought for the most part it was a very enjoyable show. Um, mm. was definitely easy to watch, which was nice to have again. It reminded me of those old NXT shows on the network where it doesn't really matter per se what's in the main event. We're going to deliver on every segment. Um, yeah. Rob, I'll hit you first. What was your favorite part of NXT this week, or what did you enjoy watching Ooh. the most? Well, you know, the tag team match was was really fun, um, and I, I think part of that's because I wanted Candice to get a title, like, so bad in NXT. Um, but I really liked that match. But I really, really enjoyed um, Swerve and Leon Roth. That match went – that was a fun match. and Very um, good. They, they, they brought it, you know, they, they did. And then they just, the show seems like it's moving. Granted, it's very early. And the first two weeks when they were by themselves, not competing against AEW, it was kind of like, what are you doing? You're dropping the, like, you're making the show suck even more. Um, <laughs> but then the past two weeks, I'm like, okay, they've turned it around. Like this, this last one felt, this is the first NXT that I could say in a long time that felt like, pre-USA. Yeah. 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 I was I was about to just say the same exact thing. This this felt like the the NXT of old. Yeah. And 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 I won't like uh, again, I, I see it all the time and I'm even very guilty of it myself. There there is this predominant feeling of you know like oh man I missed the old NXT and like whatever happened to how good it was. I think a lot of those same sentiments come down to the fact that we don't have guys like Ricochet or Aleister Black around. I mean, we still have Gargano and Ciampa, and, and they're very, very good. And all the Undisputed Era guys, they're all very good. Um, this is, of course, a, a new era of NXT. We can't always just, you know, we can always enjoy fondly the past, uh, you know, uh, NXT iterations, but we, we are at a new development point here. Sure. Uh, but this this certainly felt like, one of those old NXT shows that you used to enjoy back before USA. Um, it had a lot of the, the excitement, very good, high quality wrestling. Um, and uh, yeah, as you pointed out, uh, Rob, I mean, I'm super happy for Candice LeRae. Uh, she's worked her, her ass off for years in NXT. And I've been a big fan of her since the PWG days. I've, I've thought that she's yeah. always one of the toughest competitors that I've ever seen regardless of gender. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm super, super happy for her. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and then like just adding the, a couple of things like the, uh, the, the way, like, even though, like with what they're doing, like you're, you're not supposed to like them, but it, they've been hilarious. Like with yeah, all their, some of the things going on, it's just, I was like cracking up like that. It's, like, it's the, almost like at those nails. I was like, I mean, obviously we all know what, like, he was looking at it, but he was just like, look at those nails. And then just like going back and forth, it was just like good. I, I like Johnny Gargano's when he, well, I always like Johnny Gargano, but when he's like this, I think it's fantastic. I don't know what it is, but they, they always, the way always reminds me of like, uh, 
like like the Munsters or like the Adams family, like some kind of old sitcom family where everybody's yeah. a little bit, you know, quirky. They all have like this different dimension of character to them, and and I th- I think that um, they finally have people warming up to the stable because it was not yeah. super popular. Yeah. Not a lot of people wanted to uh, really accept Gargano and Candice's heels, but I think this is now branched into something that's yeah. really actually like spot on. Yeah, I I cracked up like at the uh, like at the the end like when uh, Candace was talking to Indy and you see Dexter like right outside the the door holding the the flowers and Candace doesn't like she doesn't do anything other than just shut the blinds and I was just I was dying at that I I think it was just hilarious and because you would expect like the normal heel like to open the door get out of here blah 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 she's just like nope you're a weirdo just shut the blinds walk away and. She's like, yeah, and it was just funny because she's like, you need to stop worrying about boys. And then they walk off and I'm like, it's like a high school click, you know, is what they remind mm-hmm. me of. And it's hilarious. I thought those women beat the shit out of each other in that main oh, event. Yeah. Um, there was some, and if I'm going to critique something, I don't like the unprotected chair shot to the head. Okay. I'm not saying no. this happened in the next team. I'm just saying, I don't like that. There are things on that equivalent equation that I don't like either, and a couple of them I saw in this match, and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I need to see that. Yeah. To that extent, though, it wasn't anything completely over the top at all. It was just one of those things where how can we showcase this hardcore aspect with athleticism? And that's what I think I really liked about the match. The spots that were involved in that hardcore critique of this match were due to telling the story of the match, but also making it pretty safe. I, I like the match as well. Like I really enjoyed how it went over. Um, to Rob's point, it's going to be a challenge to keep the way as heels moving forward because they're getting so entertaining right now. And I think it's only going to keep up when Theory gets killed next week by Cross. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the facials between Theory and Gargano while he's getting killed are going to be prime time wrestling right there yeah yeah for sure and um the uh the the one thing that like that really just and it wasn't that i think i'm making a a bigger bigger deal out of it than it was but i thought it was just absolutely brilliant but still like weird was when indy hartwell got into the ring she basically was on the other side she got in the ring and walked over to the other side got on top of the turnbuckle and jumped i thought that was like just i i thought it was brilliant but i also was like that was hilarious but it was brilliant and it was just kind of like out of left field and i thought that was just fantastic she to me robin i think you totally nailed it to me her and darby are totally out of left field characters I don't know which way they're taking the bump. I don't know how they're falling on said bump, and yeah. I hope they don't die. That's yeah. That's the Darby Allen thing is I'm I. Uh, that's the thing you go into watching his matches. You're just like, don't die. You know that's that's the goal for his matches. I think like just don't die, and like the going down the stairs. Like like I I appreciate the. On the, the blood and guts show, though. Hang yeah. on. On this yeah. goddamn show where you have blood and guts, I have Cody bleeding all over the ring in the first hour of the show. I have Darby Allen getting his head pushed into spiked Louis Vuitton's and then throw down the staircase. 
These are things I don't need in the Blood and Gun show. In all yeah. totality, I think you'd been better off telling me a really good high-flying wrestling match with two younger guys or younger females to open the show with none of that hardcore violence involved. Like, I'm going to get that fan base later. Let me showcase everything else I have. I would have put a Ray Phoenix out there with somebody who just blew off the doors one yeah. of those first two segments. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That was, I mean, exactly. I, I would, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, it was, it was, I just, when he went down the stairs, I was like, Hey, I'm like, Jesus, that hurts. One that hurts like hell, I bet. And then two, it's like, Oh fuck. Why do well, why do it here is what I like thought. A hundred percent. It'll never be remembered. Yeah. Mm. Like I, yeah, this show, like the, and that's a good point. This show, a, a year from now, if you said, "Hey, do you remember the matches that were on Blood and Guts?" I'd just say, "Other than the Blood and Guts match, I like I might have to think about it, but I don't know if I'll recall the matches." And I honestly thought he, going into the the match, I was like, at first, I was like, "QT might win this," and then I'm like, about five seconds after it started, I'm like, "Who the hell am I kidding? It's Cody Rhodes. He's going over." Big like, announcement he, next week: Dynamite. Cody Rhodes is going to make one. Uh, but yeah. let's go back to NXT. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Cross, the title situation on NXT. We have Cool Kyle. We've got Cross. We've got Finn. We've got Gargano. We've got a lurking Adam Cole, which I'm assuming, unless he shows up on a certain Friday program, that he'll also be lurking in this title feud. Uh, Tanner, I'll go to you first. I went to Rob last. Is it time to bring the Elimination Chamber to NXT for the six-person battle? Ooh, um, maybe. Like, <laughs> like I, I didn't expect you to, to go in that direction. But that's the direction I, mean, I went. Listen, they're building this battle of all these people. What the hell else are they going to do? Because let me yeah, tell you something: I mean, an eliminator style matchup or X, Y, or Z doesn't really work. No, I mean you, that, that's definitely a fair point. The thing that I that I would struggle with about doing the elimination chamber is that it's such a, um, oh, I'm going to kick myself for even saying it this way, but it's, but it's such a main product kind of thing, right? Like, like they've never done the elimination chamber before. It's never even been uttered or thought of or talked about. Like there's no, there's not been any hint at it thus far. And it's not that there couldn't be one. Um, it, it would be look, an interesting step for them to look. take. Yeah, look at I mean, NXT. It, yeah. it starts small. They got their cage match. They got their battle royals. They got their royal rumbles. They got to be on Raw and SmackDown. They got war games. Everything in the business starts small. So you'd have to think in retrospect. Okay, what's due for them? Yes, they have this cool flight pit that's their own, but it's not quite something that's sustainable for six people. Or, yeah. and this is Colin B. Tanner for you. Do they introduce a new match just because these people seem so intricately locked at the fact they're all going for one goal and there's mm. no minor programs that seem to be springing off the bottom? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they they do already have something new in, in the fight pit. I mean, could you have a six person fight pit? That might be interesting. Um, they've done very, very well with six person ladder matches before. I could certainly see that as being an option. I'm not, and again, I'm not opposed to them doing a an elimination chamber match for this. Um, it it would be quite stunning, though. 
it, it, it doesn't for me it doesn't feel like it fits NXT's vibe, but I, I'd really actually interested to hear what what Rob might might think of a an well it sure as hell won't fit in their current venue, but we'll go to yeah. Rob. I was gonna say, like if not Elimination Chamber, I would say Hell in a Cell might be good. Like, I mean that it gives them more room and um usually those matches usually those matches get a little bit crazy especially yeah i mean yeah I, that would I, probably I, be the one i would say but i, I do like the ladder match i get to go to a ladder match right now just doing the ladder match for the 205 title i'm sorry for the cruiserweight title right you just did a ladder match mania weekend yeah wb doesn't typically do that back to back that fast and you have money in the bank coming up in a month yeah um, oh true I, yeah I, I, I here's the next question though and I'll ask both of you. And these are just ideas running. This isn't news. This is information. We're just talking. Could you get NXT on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view to have their own Money in the Bank match? Oh, God, I'd love it, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I think they're either, be, Rob. I'm with you completely. Yeah. But, but the way it's over. set up, could you maybe mm-hmm. even do that that Tuesday night leading into Money in the Bank? The problem is NXT will blow it away from a match quality standpoint on a Tuesday compared to that Sunday pay-per-view. And then you're in trouble on Sunday. So yeah. it's not like you can run it Tuesday to lead into it. Yeah. Well, here's an alternative. Uh, you could do a number one contenders match with all five of those participants that, that we just talked about. Um, but as opposed to putting Kerry and Cross in the match and making it a title match, you could insert Daniel Bryan and then put that NXT match on Money in the Bank. So the winner... Unlike Money in the Bank, the winner is pretty much just cashing in on Cross. Cross is facing the it's winner. Not, You're yeah, adding this match not, on Money in the Bank. It's, it's not a Money in the Bank match. It's just a number one contenders match for a direct match with Cross at Money in the Bank. I don't know. I mean, that way you could at least hype up and get people who watch NXT but might not want, be interested in watching you know, the uh, the actual Money in the Bank show. Maybe they would actually tune in and, and switch over to Peacock perhaps. I don't really think anybody's switching over to Peacock for any reason in a million, but hey, we'll move forward on that. Um, <laughs> let's hit Raw real quick in the last segment of, of this show. Um, Monday Night Raw this week, they continue to build Bobby Lashley as as their main monster, as their champion. Obviously pushing Drew, pushing Braun. We're going to get that three-way. We saw almost an AJ finally return after their three-week quarantine trip to some party atmosphere. Um, <laughs> my, my question isn't so much where is Raw going. It's does Raw need the draft right now more than anything? Because minus, in my opinion, RK-Bro, which I love, the show seems very repetitive from other Raws in the past, and the feuds seem kind of played out. Rob, let's hit you first. Yeah, um, yeah. Is Raw um, compelling to you, or are you driving that hard part oh, where I am, oh. where I've kind of seen everybody feud with everybody? There's nothing fresh right now. The This past week was the first time I fell asleep during Raw in years. Like, years. Um, I literally fell asleep, and I was like, and I, when I woke up, I looked at the results to see if I should just rewind because I still record it. And I'm like, nope, that's okay. I'm fine. Um, and I was just, 
I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, man, this is, they don't have anything going. I go, and I thought about it. I go, what did I like tonight? I'm like, I always try to find at least two positive things. And I liked the fact that I liked RK bro. And I liked, and I'm hoping it leads to her returning to the ring. I like that Alexa basically, they hinted that she might be looking at Sonia. Like, cause they showed a uh, puppet, whatever. Really? Um, yeah, thanks. I couldn't remember the name of like I'm, what, I'm like Lily. So they showed Lily like watching her, and I'm like, okay, if this gets her back in the ring, I'm cool with it. So, um, and I did kind of enjoy the Adam Pierce Sonya thing, like going back and forth, and um, and Charlotte Flair. Like I know the thing is, Charlotte Flair is doing her job. You're not supposed to want her to be like in these matches, you know, like. They're that's, playing that's, off of human emotion. They're playing yeah. off the fact that people are sick of seeing her or think mm-hmm. she's getting these deep pushes. So guess what? Yeah. As a heel, let's do it more. Let's yep. dig the knife in. Let's toss some salt on you. Like, it's brilliant. You're right. Yeah. Yep. And and she's like in that. It's weird. I told somebody uh, just yesterday, I'm like, it's kind of weird to say this, but she's in that Randy Orton territory where if she's a face, you know, it's just a matter of time before she turns like, cause she's such a better heel than she is a face. And like that, that's why like if Randy's doing this like face thing, if he is turning the face, like I, I am all for it because this is how you can build riddle. Let riddle it's be the one to turn on. hundred percent. So we'll, we'll talk about that feud in a second. Cause I, I really would I, I say feud. We'll, we'll talk about where that goes in a second, but Tanner, let me hit you on raw really quick. What were your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> He's like, just shakes his head. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's... Yeah, that's uh, hmm. uh, that was uh, it was a show. It, it happened. Um, we all existed through it, and uh, we, we all came out of it better people. I think. Uh... Oh, okay. Well, I love your your thought. Let's go to something a little more positive. Then let's go back to RK Bro, which I love. Okay. The one, one yeah. thing RK RK Bro was I'll 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 give the devil as due. RK Bro is amazing. I I really, really enjoy it. Um and and I love what they're doing uh still with making Lashley look really, really strong. I I'm still bitter about them breaking up the hurt business. And that's um, where I was gonna go when you're done with that. Oh, go uh, go right um, ahead. I'm I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm kinda wondering because we saw what Cedric said uh shelton this week yeah i'm wondering if they it wouldn't surprise me but it'd be i'd say it's less than 50 percent. i'd say it's probably around 35 percent. what if they're starting this for mvp to like kind of just get back in the middle of it and say guys look like let's wwe can actually fix this they can if they just do it right where they can get them back together I know people would be like, oh, come on. But they can still do it where they can get them like back on the same. Like they can do it like, look, we're not sure. going to do tag teams, but we're going to sure, do sure, sure. we're going to do like individuals, like not tagging. We think we're more sure. powerful yeah, yeah. with us not being Sell a tag legit, team. Like you're saying. Yes. Kind of like, uh, well, I was going to say kind of do it like the the uh, uh, Dijak and Mace, like, but not mm. have them in tag matches. Just let them be enforcers 
Let's uh, let's talk about Dijak and, and Mace for a brief second here. So even Randy Orton made mention, you dropped the stupid mask, you dropped the stupid music entrance, but you kept the stupid names. I now think it's just a giant rib on the internet community that, like, okay, eventually we'll go back to Dijak and whoever the fuck Mace wants to be at that point, but we're just going to mess with you now. But what I really wanted to talk about, well, we're going to probably end the show off on here was that RK bro stuff. So obviously the story they're telling is you're waiting for Randy Orton to release the dubs behind Randy Orton, behind um, Riddle when he drops the pose in the middle of the ring. Like you can tell Randy looked disgusted the first week, the next week he kind of put his hands on his side. Like, you know, that it's coming and you know, that's what they're working for. Yeah. My question on this is, can you play this off until next year's mania? And I mean that. And I mean that by the slow burn to where you know in this program Randy's putting over Riddle, but you also know Randy's going to try to get the most he can out of space run for six months. I personally want to see things I haven't seen from Randy before. Give me some funny. Give me some comedy. Come out of a smoke-filled room and walk up to a pizza stand and eat a pizza. Just, like, be somebody you're not and show everybody how multi-divisional you are as a person. Um, I think if they take their time for this, they have a slam dunk. I will follow it up with this before I ask both of you. I think when they eventually take the titles off of AJ and Omos, you have to go back to that long storytelling that Riddle was friends with almost. He got to know him. He knew his name. He knew what he liked. He knew what his favorite color was when AJ was treating him like crap. It's the easiest long story turn for almost to go on AJ while Riddle and Orton win the titles. So I'll ask both of you guys, am I on a different planet thinking that they would book logically like this for the next eight months? Or is this where we were headed? I honestly, like, that's the thing. I honestly don't know. I really, I really thought like what was going to happen is almost was going to cost Styles the WWE Championship, and then like Styles was going to say you're stupid, and then that's when almost was going to turn because that's just a mess. Tag titles or before? Be, no, no, well, that's the thing with these. T- I wasn't ever expecting them to get. This was right when almost came in. I was it's not WWE. Expecting. We scrapped yeah. tag titles so, at anybody. Well, yeah, I got that, but I just wasn't expecting them to go to a tag team like championship because AJ hasn't really been in the tag team picture before. Like, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, when they started doing that, when when they started feuding with Kofi, I'm like, holy crap, these guys are going to wrestle them at WrestleMania. They're going to win the titles. Like that way, oh, yes. AJ can be uh, the guy. And then I thought maybe, just maybe, like when they came back, I'm like, and they're wrestling Kofi again. I'm like, well, maybe. Maybe like Vince isn't happy with something, and they're just gonna lose them right again. Like that's what I was wondering, but I think, um, I think it's a matter of time. This is kind of like the thing. I think it, and I think it's because of the way WWE is. That's what's gonna happen. AJ is gonna, they're gonna do that. You're stupid, like the Braun thing. I think is gonna happen. What I prefer is just almost instead of doing that angle, just almost just have enough. I I don't need you. I'm doing my own thing. Just. Doing and there's the a possible, Sean. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the the other way to do it is just keep them together until the until the draft, and don't give like don't give them a shot to turn. You know. 
Like you could, I mean, you could always... and again, I'll go back to the where I, I'm raking it up is with, with with Riddle because I can tell that story long term, and then I can yeah. make them go in a different direction. I totally get what you're saying, Tanner. I'll go to you for the last segment of the show. Where yeah. do you see this going long term? And I'm naive to think that this can last another eight months. Um. Well, I, I like what you're saying about uh, you know Riddle walking out uh, with with Randy from like a smoke filled room. Uh, maybe like uh, maybe R- uh, Riddle like gives uh, <laughs> like Randy Dude, like I'm a you, they'll shop for scooters together. Randy will yeah. get this matching cool sequins yeah. jacket R- because R- he's so high during the segment he has no <laughs> idea what he's wearing, even though we don't say that, but we Riddle get- that way. Yeah, R- Riddle gives Randy like a a cassette of like a bootleg Fish concert. Like it'd be br- it'd be pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they could. I mean, if if Randy genuinely eventually like warms up to Riddle and they befriend each other, and then Riddle um, gets get, you know RKO'd one day, um, yeah, that would be. I mean, I could certainly see WWE doing that. That said that's not the first time that they've gone to that well with Randy either. They did it with Bray Wyatt. They've done it with, you know, Edge. they've done funny. it with, they've done the team. No, right. RPO, right. Randy right. has exposed yeah. that comedy right. side, which the, at this point the, is career. Go for right. it. Right. Right. The, the comedic aspect would be, would be quite, quite good. And, uh, I mean, considering where Randy is in his career currently, right. there's not much that he hasn't done. Right. But comedy is certainly one of those, aspects that he could uh uh i guess put more <laughs> invest more of his character into and and he does seem to have been um more experimental lately i mean we we only have to look back at the the, the fiend storyline that went forever um uh, to see that randy's very excited about uh, experimenting with his character yeah, I, I agree. I think it'll give him a transition to do things he hasn't done before and kind of open up things. And I think Randy yeah. inside wants to prove things to other people where it's, oh, you just think I'm this guy. Well, I'll show you I'm this guy. And, you know, I think he's ready for that. And let's be honest, and Frank here, it was Randy's idea from the get-go to pair the two together. So obviously he has a play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raleigh, let me end it with you here, sir. One full minute. What this week in wrestling caught your attention, or is there something we're missing that you'd like to talk about? Well, I think the ooh, that's that's a good question. Um, I think NXT's on the right track now. The only thing is, is if they can keep that momentum going, they still have a lot of talent. And the one thing I noticed is you, you don't, you don't want to like overdo it with the rematches. You know, when they announced that they were doing Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff again, I was like, well, even yeah, it's going to be a false count anywhere or not? No, whatever it was, it was was that the false, false count? Anywhere? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, okay, well, maybe, and then. But this was a good write-off point. Like I could tell when it ended, that was a they did the write-off there. I believe. Um, I think they're headed the right direction. Raw. I don't understand what direction. <laughs> Some, I I I don't know what they have a direction. Like I just think so. I, like <laughs> I'll tell you what Monday Night Raw reminds me of right now. It reminds me of high school. My goal was to just make it through. 
and I think that's what they're doing. They're just like, hey, let's make it till 11 o'clock and we're fine for until next week. That's how There's I was. There's no like, better example of that, Rob. And they're currently want to get out of this pandemic and just move yeah. forward. And I will yeah. agree with you. Tanner, yeah, let's I, go to you. This week yeah. in wrestling, one minute to wrap it up. Was there something else you wanted to talk about we didn't hit on? Uh, NXT, good. Uh, AEW, fine. Uh, SmackDown, pretty solid Daniel Bryan rumors oh my gosh all this stuff is happening and then and then there's raw and, and, I don't, and that and that yeah. happened um but yeah no I'm uh I, I'm actually genuinely curious about all these Daniel Bryan rumors circulating around and people getting excited there's a there's actually a large contingency online tonight that surprised me about people who were um really expecting daniel bryan to debut at uh you know at blood and guts and uh um, stupidity at, sometimes yeah. doesn't cease to amaze me at, at certain yeah. aspects yeah. of life and it was just a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago tnt is like don't do that anymore like if yeah. you're gonna say something announce it like that yeah. they want they want them to announce one million percent you're so right that's, rob they and that's why i used they don't care if I used to bitch and moan about like, why do they announce that Cena's coming back? I get it now. Like it took me a while. It wasn't just because of this. It took me a while. I'm like, well, yeah, they yeah. they they tell you Cena's coming like that SmackDown um, when yeah. Cena did come oh, back. Yeah. That was the second or third highest uh, rating they've had since then. Like Rob, you've, you've got to walk that fine line. You've got to yeah. give a few surprises on live TV. You've got to give a few surprise announcements, and then you do have to try to save every two or three big ones for the pay-per-view to make people continue to buy. WWE obviously does not. I would never fucking have a surprise on a pay-per-view ever again, because what's the point? I will yeah. have that shit on Raw or on SmackDown, I'll pop a rating. Yeah. Um, we are going to leave you here. We thank you so much for watching the Cinco de Mayo edition of Smart to Death. For Rob, for Tanner, this is Tom, and this is Chris Jericho. I'm telling you. He's, he's a oh!